Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Behind the Episode look at In Good Company. I am your interviewer, Alessandra McLaughlin, the Patron Services Manager at New Conservatory Theater Center. And when I'm not doing that, I am also a freelance director as well as arts administrator. And I get to do fun stuff like this. So I'm very excited to chat with our guest today, Laurel Olstein. Hi, Laurel. Uh, Laurel (laughs) Laurel is a Los Angeles-based playwright and director, but is no stranger to the Bay Area. She had her play, They Promised Her the Moon, making its Northern California premiere at TheaterWorks Silicon Valley, and then sadly had had to halt it due to the shelter-in-place. But when Laurel isn't premiering plays, she can be found educating future generations of artists, being an adjunct professor at UCLA, USC, and Cal Arts, to name a few. Thank you for joining us today, Laurel. We're very excited to have you. Thank uh, I'm you just going to ask me. Yeah, of course. I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and then we'll get into the episode stuff, get into the nitty gritty. Sure. So, for you, how, how has um, writing for you been in the pandemic? You know, it's a whole new. You know, obviously, you're probably working on commissions as usual and things like that, but it's kind of a new. It's a new ball game. <laughs> yes, definitely, it is. It's. Um, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of other writers. There is a feeling of time slowing down. And that, and so that's been taken, uh, getting some, getting used to it, you know, um, I'm home all the time, (laughs) just (laughs) getting used to that too. Cause actually I love writing in coffee shops and, and, and in theater. I mean, I love working with, uh, with other people. I love collaboration and haven't been able to do much of that. Um, Working on Zoom, I, be, I wrote a new play actually um, that had a, a reading online, uh, a Zoom reading, which will be uh-huh. uh, shown. TheaterWorks is showing it actually. Oh, next awesome. Week. Uh, the play is called Pandora. It's about uh-huh. the Pandora box myth. Um, oh, fun. <laughs> so we had. Um, we had a, a rehearsal workshop on Zoom, which was very different feeling, but yeah. I actually learned still quite a lot. I mean, I thought it, I really, it's about the text. Obviously you're not dealing with any of the th- theatricalities that you would deal with when you're on stage. So there was a, a different focus to it, but it was a, a great learning experience. Which leads me to another question. You know, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, your Northern California premiere of They Promised Her the Moon got canceled, which is sad. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. Uh, but how did that experience change how you wanted to tell stories? You know, how how has, and that can open up even broader, like how has this whole experience, you know, because we're a half a year into this now, oh boy. Right. Um, how has it changed yeah. your perspective as a writer and how you experience stories and things like that? Well, I, I I certainly miss theater. I miss right. the oh, experience. <laughs> I miss the experience of it. I miss being in a room with people. I miss having like the the fact that um, this podcast is fabulous that it's happening, and I'm so excited that people are listening to it. But I don't he, I don't hear an audience. You know, I don't know if people are laughing at the jokes. I don't know if people have questions, and you could, could that feeling of under of feeling an audience. I really miss that. And I don't think you can uh, replace that. I don't think that'll ever be replaced by anything. I think once we get to the other side of this, whenever that is, um, (laughs) I I believe that um, theater will come back booming. I really do, because I think people will realize they really miss it. 
And I think, especially in your episode, now we'll get into the episodic questions. Uh, I think in your episode, you really captured even what I felt personally, this sort of protesting conundrum, if you would call it that, where it's everyone wanted to go out and march for Black Lives, for George Floyd, for, you know, for Breonna Taylor, all of these all of these horrible, horrible crimes that affect many people, including, you know, BIPOC artists and things like that. But then you have this conundrum of, okay, but I'm going out in the middle of a pandemic where we're supposed to wear masks. And I think you capture that really brilliantly with Kaiser's hesitation of one, we had seen earlier that he, you know, had been hate crimed. Someone, you know, called him a chink and things like that. And he was really affected by that. And now he, this this major thing happens and where was that where did that hesitation come about was it something that you had been feeling was it something you noticed in the world was it both <laughs> i think well for me it was it was easy to to really talk about that because i had that feeling i i wanted to go out and mm-hmm. protest but i really felt nervous about it and i thought i i i can't do that and i mean i don't know what good it will do with me being afraid of of getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> and so right. and I have to, pivot. I have to protest in a different way. I have to, um, you know, I, I, at, there was a protest in LA that I, that, that was near my house. So I, I was sort of across the street, distant from it, but there. And, and I thought that's enough. I don't need to be in the crowd because I'm uncomfortable. And, um, and it makes me, um, and I think that's okay for, to, I mean, obviously there are a lot of people who are going to have that feeling. I mean, I know I did. Right. So I thought yeah, that was I totally did right about. Yeah, yeah. And I talked about it a lot with friends and I think it changed. And something you sort of touch on in the episode is it changes your perspective on, okay, but how can I protest? What can I do? Is there a way that I can help? You know, we have conversations about you know, plenty of conversations about opening lobbies in theaters. Unfortunately, we couldn't open ours because ours is a government building. Uh, so we didn't really have control over that. But, you know, all these theaters were saying, okay, well, if we can't physically be there, how can we help? And I think that that goes to the individual as well. And, you know, I definitely had that conversation with myself. And so um, how, how important think- as... Yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think what I could do. And what I did is partially is, is writing in this podcast was that is what something that I could do. That's what, you know, that's, that's what I can give um, is my humor and my ability as a writer to, to lend my, myself to that, that I can do. (laughs) So that's something that I'm innately curious about that I've been sort of toying with this idea of, you know, how do we as artists respond to moments while they're happening? You know, I've noticed I had some like adverse reactions to election plays, like plays that were very directly about the election. I was sort of like, okay, are we past this moment though? We're still in it. We haven't really fully digested 2016, but it's interesting to listen to the podcast and be like, these are things that are happening in real time. Like we, we are responding. You as a, uh, as a writer, we're responding to a moment that is still happening. How did that feel as a writer? What was that like for you? Yeah, I think that was again, a big discussion in the room about do we, I mean, how, like my my episode, uh, the eighth episode is after George Floyd. So it's like, well, we've got to have, you know, we can't, we either have to 
um, not be in real time here <laughs> and not talk about that, or we got to just talk about it with the characters we've developed. So um, we, we decided to do it. We decided to, all right, let's be, let's, let's go for it. Let's see what, what, how this, how this makes the theater um, experience and these theater artists lives different. Let's just show this in, in, very specific world of these characters. Uh, I kind of agree with you that I, I mean, as a writing teacher, when I've taught writing, I've oh, very often I've said to people when they're dealing with something huge in their lives, personally, to maybe it's not the best time to write about it as, you know, I mean, that take notes about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and let, it, for another let day. it, yeah, write it later when you have a little distance. But this is a world experience. This isn't just a personal you know, one person is having it. So I think there's something really, um, really important to reflect for the world, what each, how individuals are dealing with it. Just like what we were saying about how it's good that to show the fact that people are torn, whether they need, they could go out in the street and feel safe, right. mm -hmm. that that's okay, that there are other people who feel that way. And I think that's um, a really uh, an important thing to open that conversation up in a, in a dialogue that is creative, not yeah. just, um, it didn't feel, it never feels like a lesson. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we are reporting facts of here's what happened. And I think that was what struck me about Kaiser's hesitation was it for me. I was like, Oh, I felt that too. Like I remember when the protests in San Francisco started, I had, <clears throat> I had a bunch of friends running out to the street but, you know, I have a lot of friends who have, you know, a variety of health issues and things like that. And even though my family's on the East Coast and I live here now, um, I was even thinking of my family as far as like, what if this thing happened? And, you know, who knows what any of this is? And it was just kind of, it, it's all those things. And to see it in a, in a creative way, it made it sort of, it lifted the pressure off. It was just mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, cool. I wasn't the only one who right. was feeling, you know, me and in my white box wasn't the only person who was feeling this way. Like there are right. other people, be they fictional or not, also feeling this way. So I thought that yeah. was really interesting. And I think that leads me to, this will be my final question. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. But how important to you as a writer is it to include these like movements in your writing? You know, we talked a little bit about sometimes responding to the moment can be really difficult because you haven't fully processed it. I feel the same way when I direct a play, if I feel it's too, if that wound is still open, I'm like, save that play for five years from now. Um, Cause it'll always be there. Um, and how do you feel about adding these movements into your plays? You know, talking about black lives matter. I know you're big on social justice, so I would love to hear what your perspective is. I think it's, really important to have that in, um, I mean, for myself and the way we did it in the podcast is to have things as the background, like, so that that's the world, but to have a very personal experience and real characters that have a life that, so that it's not feeling, um, uh, pedantic and it's not, it's so, it's so you don't feel like, yeah, you, I mean, I don't want to feel like I'm being lectured to. I don't want to feel like I'm, it's like, you know, you watch the news and everyone has such a strong opinion one way or another that right. depending on people, the news they're watching. So <laughs> exactly. it's, you know, that, that people are just trying, I think it's very important that, that as artists, we can show what just 
a real person's life is in the middle of something crazy. It's like when I always think of all of those, how many hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of movies there are with World War II as a background, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the thing is, is it's there and you get, you see it and you understand what's going on in the, in that one person's life. And I think that that's so important. It's like, that's how you really understand history. And that's, I think, how you really un understand an experience rather than just being shown like a documentary, which is also important, right. but th this tells it in a different way. And I think it's, um, I, I find it very important to have, um, I mean, I write very, uh, uh, quite a bit about, um, women's rights and, and, um, the play that I just wrote about Pandora's box um, based in the, the myth of um, I find that it just goes there for me. I mean, that's the story I want to tell is what uh, uh, about women. Um, and so I think it's important. I think that, that every person has their own history and their own story that is, it is worthy of telling. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a lot of stories. That's the pull quote of this episode. Everyone has their story and everyone's history is important. I want to thank you so much, Laurel, for joining me today for this bonus episode. It's been fantastic to talk to you. I love I love talking to playwrights. It's like one of my favorite things because I'm a director and I can't write a play. So, But I love working on new plays and I just have such respect for what you guys do. So thank you so much for writing this and for joining us in. And thank you everyone for joining us for this episode. We are the New Conservatory Theater Center in San Francisco. We're San Francisco's premier nonprofit queer and allied theater. And you can learn more about us if you've never been at nctcsf.org and also donate. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at New Conservatory Theater Center. And thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And thank you, Laurel. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yay.